welcome to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing, but we're just going to act like it's not happening. All right? Let's just do that. You know, sometimes ignorance is just bliss for real. But hey, guys. I hope y'all are doing great wherever you are on the globe. What it do, baby booze? For real. Uh, it's been a little bit of a minute. And yeah, like I said, ignorance is bliss, honey. So yeah, we're back again with an, another episode. This will be a solo episode. So y'all are going to get all the updates as as well as um, I'm really going to dive into the theory of flight, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn when, when it comes to like dating and romantic relationships. We'll get into that later. But yeah, so for these updates, well, let's start off with your girl is no longer fun employed slash sabbatical, aka whatever was happening that I wasn't even mad at for real. Like, honestly, I was having a great time. Like, it was really dope to be on my 21 day, like no alcohol, no social media fast while not working as well. And so many great things happen from that fast. Maybe I'll talk about that first. Um, if you listen to the prior like two episodes ago, I want to say, I was talking about just doing, you know, a fast to start the year off right. Um, and it was everything I thought it would be for sure. I, I always get like different revelations throughout these moments and I kind of like like to share about the fast or the, the different fasts that I do, especially the ones that are more so public, because I think that it's so helpful to me. So it's like, why would I not help you guys? It's a big part of my mental health and spiritual journey. So I do talk about it. But I know that some people don't talk about their fast that much, which is totally fine, especially if you're doing more of a religious, spiritual fast, like the Daniel fast, and like different things like that. That's a different ball game. But of course, I want to share what's making me feel like the best me. So that's what I'm doing. Really, what's tea is like that no alcohol was glorious. And as soon as I drank alcohol, the shit shows began. <laughs> but not, it's it just like, not to say that my life is a shit show, but just it's a lot going, a lot of, you know, it's life. Okay, it's life, whatever. So yeah, I would say that like the calm and peaceful confident like just so many beautiful like things were happening inside of me during those 21 days and as the weekend I started drinking it's like things kind of got a little wonky I think that other people who take these breaks can attest to this or people who just don't drink at all can attest to this as well it's just like you know we love to indulge but we all know it's better to not indulge, I guess, or have a very healthy balance. So I'm so appreciative of the fast because it's teaching me, it taught me like a true balance. Like everything is just way more balanced now. And I know like what feels good to me and what doesn't, how far to take it, how not far to take it, you know, going to events and asking for sparkling water instead of champagne, just because it's like Wednesday and you know, let's just not like it's just a different thing. And if you're in New York City and you're just in whatever field you're in, like um, 
alcohol is just a part of the culture when it comes to networking, meeting people. It's truly just a part of all of our lives, for real, to the point where people wake up and they're like, why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? And forget that like alcohol is a, is a true depressant. Like, um, And we're trying to figure out all the therapy. We are doing Reiki healings and crystals and just all these different types of things when like there's a main source right there that could literally be or not be the reason why, but also just have a significant impact on how you're truly feeling and how you're coping with this thing called life. So all that to say, it was fun. Um, I can't wait to do it again. The no social media thing, that was interesting because literally without social media, I had no idea what was happening in the world. It was so interesting. Like someone just told me today that, or yesterday that Kanye West is married and I'm like, huh? I was like, I didn't know that happened. And I was like, when did that news come out? And it's so crazy how the news cycles change. And it just like, that got me thinking about just how we consume information, what we consume, and how like careful and intentional we need to be about what we're consuming and how we're consuming it and how often we're consuming it. Because that will really warp your brain into what the people want, not to be conspiracy theorists and all, but it really will. So very much so encouraged taking those breaks. It was so interesting getting back back into social media, though, because, of course, like, I make money on social media as well. So um, I actually missed a great opportunity, but it let me know that I'm on the right path. So while I was off social media, I was still uploading on YouTube and doing, like, these YouTube vlogs. And someone reached out to me about this ski vlog that I did with my family and basically offered us like a full trip, all expense paid trip, along with compensating me for the work to basically promote a hotel and this ski lodge and bring my family there to literally have fun ski, get paid, be cute, take pictures, like be on camera. What? And it was just interesting because like I didn't think that like someone's always watching. Like I'm learning that some someone's always watching no matter the because my numbers on YouTube are like nothing for real. So, but they will be something, okay? And if you aren't subscribed, go subscribe, go check out my vlogs. That's where the visuals for the interviews are and stuff like that. So yeah, but it was so affirming to get back on Instagram. I'm like, not I have like this whole huge opportunity to like travel and stuff like that. Just that was just crazy, crazy to see. And it just, like, let me know, like, girl, keep going. And also let me know that if I work in social media, I can't really take a break from social media because that's, like, taking a break from your job. So I was, like, I didn't think that went all the way through. It was needed. It was necessary. And can't wait to do another fast. I have a couple of other friends, my roommates and stuff, who are going to do their 21 days. It's, like, so I'm, like, pumping it up for everyone. And And I really want people to change their relationship with alcohol, like, I want to do the same. I'm nowhere near close to perfect. Like, no. Like, but I want to put out there that that's something that I'm actively working on because it's it's the truth and it's just way better for me. So that's what's tea with that. Your girl got a new job, my nine to five. All I got to say is God is faithful. He is good. He is right on time. Can I get an, an amen for real? So... Although, like, I feel like my dream is still to be swept away by somebody's, like, fine-ass son 
who just loves and adores me and my passions and just builds a podcast studio in our house and allows me to be like the best like stay-at-home mom slash creative slash mental health advocate and just be me and just do the dope things that I have in my brain like goals but until then we don't get everything we want like until it's time so and lastly I would love to share that the Beyonce tickets have been secured over here don't ask why don't ask how when you see it you're gonna be like what so I'm so excited to go see Beyonce in a super special place and yeah I'm just really excited about that like the stress that people had getting those Beyonce tickets. What's crazy is I knew I wasn't going to be the one to get my tickets. I was stressed for whoever was getting them. And I just was like, I just know I'm going to get them, but I'm not going to be the actual one to do it because that was actually wild. And just watching everyone's TikToks and YouTube videos, like trying to get the tickets, like that within itself to me is a whole marketing strategy within itself. I don't know how Beyonce keeps doing it, but she keeps doing it. I love marketing that's so quiet like that. And it just lets the fans and the love speak for itself. But it's, I know there's a bit of strategy in that. Just the way she dropped it, how she dropped it, how long it took for her to drop it. The fact that we don't have any visuals. And it's just so interesting to me. I kind of want to know what the name of that kind of marketing is. Um, I'm going to Google that later because I'm really intrigued by just this whole thing. And it is Beyonce, quite literally the biggest star music artist in the world. So, of course, people anticipate this. But since 2013, and I think even before that, Sis has really been using the strategy of the element of surprise and word of mouth. And she's been doing it this way. And it just goes to show you ain't got to speak and do the most like all the time. If your work is good, it will speak for itself. And I, I'm excited. It's, this is a moment. This is historical. This is just, it's Beyonce. So yeah, I'm going to leave it at that for the updates. So much more to talk about. But we're going to get into our pen pal letters. And this week for pen pal letters, I just want to let you guys know that y'all need to email me again. Keep Start emailing me, pennyperiodanassi at gmail.com or slide into my DMs at pennypeace so I can give you guys some unsolicited or solicited advice. I'm not a professional, but I will... Try to help y'all out from my own experience and knowledge. And I just love hearing from you guys as well. So make sure y'all do that. Okay, we are going to get into our next topic or segment, which will be my two cents, where I dive into some things happening in pop culture, but from a psychological lens. So today, I want to talk Riri and ASAP Rocky I feel like we were all shook when it came to the fact that our girl was not dropping an album at all, but instead dropping a baby for the whole Super Bowl performance thing. And I want to just say 
that I personally have loved their relationship. They've always been cute just as friends from the beginning of time. I think it was a GQ interview with them too. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, something's there. And it seems like they have a really good foundation and trust. And I really do love that from what we can see. And I want to talk about that bow cover when basically Rihanna is holding ASAP's hand while he's holding their gorgeous son and just running off into the sunset on the beach. And how symbolizing that is for a relationship and like dismantling patriarchy and its forced concept and really bringing about the concept of like a divine partnership and not the whole men provide, woman receive, like that whole thing. So yeah, I just feel like it really speaks so much to ASAP Rocky and who he is as a man for real, for real, and how much confidence he has. And he's been confident. I mean, pretty flacco. Come on, even just the way he dresses. But most men do feel like they aren't anything if they aren't providing and giving more. Like, and if they're making less than their wife, a lot of issues come about. But yeah, um, Erica Badu was on the Breakfast Club and she said something super dope that it really speaks to ASAP's love for himself outside of the role of being a provider. And it speaks to Rihanna's love for herself and her self-awareness and her not tying her worth to being scooped by someone and knowing that, hey, this is who I am. I'm not going to dumb myself down or lessen myself to appease to someone's patriarchal viewpoint. Now, I do want to say this, like ASAP Rocky is nowhere near a bum. So this does not apply to you and your stonehead stonerhead boyfriend that stays at home and plays video games while trying to like start his rap career like I'm not talking about him like while you go to work as a dental assistant at the clinic and he's at home with his niggas like hotboxing and stuff no not that but talking about ASAP who is very very successful in his own right which is another thing that's so crazy to see people acting like he's just nothing but um it's and also the concept of you're only extraordinary if you are providing something physical, especially as a man and especially as a black man, or something tangible or material. And like, how wild is it truly to seem to feel like you are nothing if you aren't bringing something to your household or your home or whatever the case may be? Like, your existence and what you mean to this world is not just about what you bring physically and a lot of men of course feel that way that's just how it is it's not going to change anytime soon but it just leads to a lot of men who might make less than their wife or not you know might not make that much at all they can become angry and secure I feel like we talked about this on the episode with Kizzle but if you're not providing those things you just feel angry and insecure and of no value whatsoever. We stand ASAP Rocky, Pretty Rocky, Lord Flacco, literally love them both together. And our next segment, which will be change, where I highlight some people who are just changing the world, making it a better place, and just black excellence and the whole nine. I want to shout out The Read for making it 
10 years in this podcasting game, they are dead ass the Beyonce's of podcasting. They are the mothers, mothers of podcasting. They are your favorite celebrities' favorite podcasters. They are unapologetic. They only really do audio unless you're on Patreon, which is so amazing to me. They don't need all that fancy HD words popping out at you that all the quote-unquote podcasters now are doing these days. Like These are the people who started podcasting 10 whole years ago. And I really do look up to and appreciate people who have had that vision from the beginning and aren't bandwagoners. And like I've said before, sometimes I beat myself up because I've had this vision when it comes to all psychology, mental health, and pop culture since I was in high school. And just imagine if I would have had people to look to to let, to let me know that my dream was possible, that I could create my own show. I don't have to be Oprah. I don't have to like, that I don't have to fight for my life to be on a syndicated radio show or there's just so many different avenues that we thought had to happen when it comes to this whole media thing. And it gets so hard to be consistent, y'all, especially it just being me, but I would never give up. And Black Black Excellence goes to The Read and their 10-year anniversary. And I went to the show and it was magnificent. It just is so interesting. If you are a podcast listener, please go to a live show. Like you're going to meet your people at that live show. It's like a community. It's like, it's just a different aura. Like podcasters have not fans. They have a community of people who appreciate their way of thinking. The podcast I listen to helped me get through so much. Just the days passing by, days when I were alone, days when I'm dealing with heartbreak, days when I'm trying to stay focused and stay on my grind. But of course, I want some type of company. Podcasting does that for a lot of us. So shout out to The Read. Uh, Such a great live show. Literally iconic. Kid Fury, Crystals, Stan. And also, I want to shout out again, Poor Minds. They were on The Breakfast Club guest hosting this week. What? You know? And... Yeah, it's just, I just really love to see it. It's pure black excellence, and they get change of the week. All right, our next topic is gold, right? Highlight all kind of things, either special things that have happened or special people or new music that I've been listening to. And I just want to say I've loved Don Tolliver's new album. I don't know why I really could not get into Don Tolliver. And he's an H-Town, like, person. And I just don't know why. I just never just got into it. But his new album is so good. And I totally get it now. It's pure, true artistry. No cap. And I'm not just saying that. And my favorite song is Luckily I'm Having, featuring Tizo Touchdown. I was, um playing it today while I was cleaning up and just playing the album out and then this one song just had me like make that stank face like that face where you just like ooh like this goes hard (laughs) that sounds weird but like did ass this goes hard that's and I looked at it and 
Tizo Touchdown was a feature and I really love his music. I discovered him years ago on Twitter. He would make these really cool videos on Twitter. If you know, you know. And it's so crazy how I vibe so well with that song. And then I didn't, I didn't even know who was on it. I go look on it. It's a super niche artist that I love, you know? So I'm like, okay, girl, you know yourself. Like, you know? And yeah, so for this week, Gold, Don Tolliver's new album. Shout out to Houston for breeding the best. It is called Love Sick Deluxe. Oh my God. And his song with Kelly Uches for me. It's a, um, it samples, there's nothing in this world that I wouldn't do. Mm. If I could be your girl. If I could be your girl. Yeah, that song. Not Googling it right now, but it samples that song. It's so cute. So sticking cute. Gold of the Week, Don Tolliver. Check out that album right now or whenever. Let it let it rock. Love sick. And yeah, we're gonna move on to our last topic of the day, which is actually the nitty-gritty of the pod this week, which will be peace of mind. So we all have certain traumas that we have faced, and today I really want to talk about how our fight, flight, fawn, freeze responses show up in our romantic relationships. I personally believe, I personally have been trying to understand this better, and I thought it would be great to do it with you all. We are all trying to make sense of so much all the time, and I want y'all to really know you're not the only one. And I know that there's so many like TikToks and different things on all these on everywhere, but I'm going to give it to you guys how I would have gave it to you guys five years ago. Like, I don't care at that. So what is fight, flight, fawn, freeze response? It is a trauma response, and these are automatic and unconscious ways that our brain attempts to work through unresolved experiences in your life. So if you... And it could be serious things or not serious things. If maybe we're part of a domestic violence situation, if your first relationship, the person was really manipulative, or if it just ended in a really bad way to where you feel like super lots of abandonment, if you have something that happened with your parents where you felt abandoned, or just any different experience or trauma that has happened in your life that doesn't even have to do with just romance. It can be friends, parental, at work, in sports. It's just a way that we, our brain attempts to work through the like unresolved things. So uh, yeah, if you're wondering why dating seems so much harder than it used to be, well, and it, so if you're wondering why as you're getting older, dating seems harder than it was when you were younger, which for me, it definitely does, is because The more relationships we have, the more trauma sometimes we can collect because we have more dating experiences and that type of stuff. If you don't face it head on or heal correctly, it lingers on in in your brain and in your psyche. So let's say you've had like two to three relationships, you're going to carry that on into your next situation, making dating and connecting and being able to be your most present self harder than it would have been for your first relationship. Because back then, you ain't know nothing. 
like you was just fresh out here puppy loving so it wasn't the same situation like you didn't go through life yet and not even just like relationship trauma but like life trauma happens that just makes connecting harder because of that so I feel like the lessons are always very beautiful and you do learn so much but there are of course negative parts it's that's just life and it's always a tough situation and I just think that we just have to talk more about that and just face it head on so we can be loving up on each other I'm trying to my man my man my man that's that's me all day so for the right person but like I am a lover so I just want to do the best I can to be the best lover for myself and for someone else and that that consists of figuring out my shit so yeah when someone experiences trauma they experience a loss of felt security emotional and or physical safety and usually power and these responses are automatic and just on unconscious ways like I said before of working through that trauma so and these responses can be triggered without any warning or in situations you may not perceive as necessarily threatening but feel so to that person so when your body or your mind feels threatened or triggered in some way it could be so small it's almost insane sometimes how the brain works they often occur when the safety of the relationship is threatened and or you feel like the safety of that relationship is threatened they originate in the primal part of your brain so let's get into the different ones so for fight um, in a fight response the brain and body become highly activated and more engaged, and this can produce a huge sense of overwhelm and like ir- irrational thinking. Sometimes you might shake, you might cry, um, clenching of the fist, super harsh texts and communication just flying off at the mouth, and really, the in- really it's an in- an inability to let that conflict like go back down and resolve it but it's just like I want to fix this right now I have to fix this right now so raise voices anxiety and sometimes even physical and emotional violence so this is often a response to fear and someone is having this response will confront the threat and try to assert themselves in a way And the fight response can also consist of you spinning the story to build a case to demonize your partner or another person. So you're you're finding something to be like you are you are the threat, like you are doing me wrong, you and like you become the victim in a sense, and you just make them a bad person. Very much so black and white thinking like when someone says something like you're the worst, like or you whatever, that's definitely a fight response. The purpose of the fight coping strategy is to regain that sense of safety and security and power through engaging, fighting back, and no and, and a lack of distance. Like, no, I'm right here with it. Okay, next, the flight response. So the flight response is the brain and body are too activated to seek or engage, to do anything. So we just fly away, run away, flee the situation, leave, whether it's emotional or physical, you're just like, nope, God blast, <laughs> like Jimmy Neutron style. And this looks like someone just disengaging in, in an argument, 
Have you ever been like talking to someone and they're just like staring straight and they just don't say anything and they seem really like stone cold and not even like a hollow wall? Like they are in flight and they might walk away or leave the house. They might withdraw from someone when when people kind of go ghost or just start acting different, quote unquote, and aren't, you know, engaging in the same way. They could be having a flight triggering response. It can look like getting depressed or isolating yourself from your loved ones, being unwilling to listen when talking with someone, setting crazy rigid boundaries that really weren't there before just to keep people away and not really texting, calling, like I said before. And the purpose of this response, the flight response, is to regain a sense of safety, security, and power, but this is through distance and powering down. So let's do a little recap. The fight response happens when you are highly activated, more engaged. You're trying to regain your sense of safety and security and power by fighting back, not backing down, and just being right there with it. Flight is you are going to flee the scene. You are like a rabbit who's being chased by some goddamn hyenas. You're out of there. Okay, so next we have the freeze response. And this is a very different survival response. Um, The brain and body feel too activated to the point where it makes you feel flooded and stuck like a deer in headlights. I've definitely had this before. And it's almost like I'll be in a situation, but my personality, my being, everything just really won't be there. Like I'm there, but I'm not there. And I almost can't even say much. Like nothing comes out of my mouth for real except for like not that many words truly and I just I I felt this before and always wondered like why am I am I being shy in front of my partner or am I having anxiety around this person and and why is it that I always be like oh my god is it them is it like God's sign to tell me that they're not the right person or that they're bad for me but it's like no I'm just triggered by whatever this thing is, and I'm kind of disassociating, I'm numbing myself, being a bit disengaged, and just almost physically cannot bring about a lot of myself. So what this is about is often we are preserving resources, energy, and taking steps to avoid the pain. Like we want to still be there, but we feel the pain coming, but we're trying to our best to avoid it because we would rather be with this person or in this space, then away. Like, this is not saying that whoever is triggering you is not your person. It's just about you resolving that past trauma that's blocking you from connecting with your person because all of this stuff is subconsciously coming up. It's like a mirror to your face. And I really feel like relationships overall are a mirror in your face to show you all the things you should fix and resolve. And there's no rush to it. It's not the end all be all. We still gonna have a good time. But these things are going to show up, even with the person who is the literal love, love of your life. And what a lot of people say is that that's when it shows up the most. So nasty for real. And this is huge. They may use alcohol or other substances to numb or avoid the pain. Psychologically speaking, they are stuck in the trauma. So to partners, they may, they may seem aloof, disconnected, or cut off but they are just right there trying to avoid whatever pain this is. And they just get frozen, stuck, goddamn 
Elsa up in here. Like, let it go, let it go, but I'm stuck right here. So that is freeze. And then lastly, we have fawn, which I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Um, it's not as well known. And it looks like going along with things or playing nice, but in a disconnected way. Mm. I'm definitely a freeze and fawn girl. Actually, I'm a all of this girl, except for maybe flight. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going away. I'm. A, I'm. I'm a. I'm gonna stick beside him. That's for sure. I'm not gonna flight. I'm not gonna flee the scene. I'm going to either fight, freeze, or fawn. So fawn says it's very similar to freeze, but fawn is not as frozen. And it's someone in the fawn state might be going through the motions or undecided about the relationship, and therefore not yet reacting. To to the situation with, with a stronger trauma response. And I've been in fawn before for sure. And I feel like fawn would turn into fight. Like once I've reached that limit, fawn turns into flight for sure for me. And in a fawn response, the person tends not to establish or assert any boundaries similar to when they, whenever that person experienced their original trauma they didn't have any boundaries back then. So it's a really good example of this might be saying yes when you really mean no. That is my 2023 is, the theme of 2023 is hell no, actually. You know how everyone's like, ooh, let's have these, um, like, what's your word for the new year? Like, you know what mine is? Hell nah. Nope. Yeah. So... This results in them later feeling upset with themselves or others who have taken advantage of them or not known where their where their boundaries were. I yeah. So you end up getting mad at yourself because you knew that you wanted to say no. You said yes and you end up feeling abandoned, triggered or something because you really felt something was not aligning truly and now you're just in more pain. So we have, let's go back real quick. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Professor Penny in a, in a game. Let's go over them really quickly again. Fight, your body will become highly activated, overwhelmed. You're trying to beat people up. You're sending harsh messages. You can't think. You're seeing red. You're ready to punch somebody, punch a wall in the face. You're fighting back to gain your security and power flight you are too activated so you end up disengaging you got a blast like jimmy neutron you're out of there emotionally or physically you get to ghosting get to not texting get to responding days later or not at all get to not upholding to your commitments or whatever in the same sense to Gain your security and power by distance and powering down. Flight. Freeze. Um, freeze occurs when you're too activated and you end up feeling stuck like a deer in headlights. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. But you know that something is wrong and you're just standing there like... I feel like this is like if you're in the jungle and something like camouflages real quick because a lion's about to come and you just stay there. You're like, I'm going to just stay right here for real and chill out. And people in this state tend to use alcohol and substances to avoid that pain. 
and they have a hard time doing their daily normal tasks because they're dead ass frozen, Elsa style. And then lastly, again, Fawn playing nice, going with the flow because you don't, you're trying to avoid that pain and saying yes when you really say no and trying to regain that power by going with the flow type stuff. I know like my ladies, I feel like can really attest to this for real. So, you know, we're not going to talk about anything without finding the conclusion, of course. So when we are triggered, it's not staying, I want to reiterate, it's not saying that who is triggering you is a bad person or y'all are not meant to be. That can be the case, but it's not always the case. It's just that deep love. Relationships are just honestly triggering. And that just is what it is. And not the whole relationship, but parts of relationships or the things that come up while in relationship with someone can just bring about these different reactions. And I want to the word trauma, I'm just kind of over that word, period. So that's why I just want to not even use that right now, but just say a reaction to something that you've experienced that is negative. Yeah, I have to add this in. That's why the sound is weird. But when I was playing it back, I was like, I don't want to keep saying trauma because then people are going to think it had to be this, this traumatic incident that someone's trying to recover from. Like, no. It's just being in relationship with anyone is two humans actively, proactively trying to coexist together will bring about different responses when conflict arises. That's what I'm trying to say. Now back to the episode. You may recognize your own reactions and and past partners in what I've just shared. And it's really beneficial for your relationships to really own it and reflect on your own behavior and how this might contribute to the dynamic of the relationship that you're in. And don't blame yourself for what's happening. Don't blame your partner. It's just your trauma. That buzzword is just it, it, but whatever. It's also very important to consider how a partner or friend's trauma response may trigger your own trauma response. So I can see someone's someone's flight and fleeing can trigger someone's fighting. Someone's going to disengage and so I'm someone's just going to try to not back down even more to get this person to engage. And it brings about this anxiety and ambivalence when it comes to close closeness and being present with someone that you're dealing with so you should definitely empathize for sure by just recognizing that they may your partner may be reacting to a situation far beyond the dynamics of your relationship it's like it's not you it's me and that's really what it is a lot of the times we should always try not to over personalize their reaction or assume it's some it's something that we can do or fix. I know I'm just like, no, if this person was just like this or didn't do that, like, no, because I have my things that I do and I bet someone's like, oh, I just wish that she didn't do this or do that. And it's just more about empathizing and owning, like, this is what we do. 
how can we not do this and work on this together? So, yeah, it's so that's about learning more about your partner's triggers and how your responses can make things better or worse. And adapting the way that we engage could be very helpful for our partners to repair and heal and just be helpful helpful for both people and both parties to just build a really like a stronger relationship together for real. So all in all, of course, therapy is a thing, although that's not the end all be all. I don't think that at all actually anymore. Um, love therapy, but I'm just saying there's so much, so many ways to heal and therapy doesn't work for everyone. I feel like everyone should try it for sure, but just it's important to try different things that can help you. But yeah, really about communication, self-awareness, being still enough to know what's going on with you for real in your mind. And yeah, so good luck on the fighting, flighting, freezing, and fawning. We all have done it before and we all will do it again. But if you are aware of this in that moment, you won't beat yourself up. Because I know I'll have one of these and the next day just feels so horrible that I reacted this way. And it's almost like in that moment, I was like, I couldn't help reacting this way. And I'm just really grateful for being self-aware enough to own that and see that. Because before when I was younger, it would happen. I just wouldn't think much of it. Just going around, just fighting and flighting and fleeing and freezing, being crazy, basically. So yeah, guys, that is what's giving me peace of mind is just always just more understanding, more research, more deep diving. Yeah, y'all, that is this week's episode. Tune in next week. We will have a guest. We're going to keep the same cadence of solo guest, solo guest. And let me know what y'all think about it. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Please follow at For Your Thoughts Pod if you aren't already. Get on YouTube and go see the vlogs. I feel like on the vlogs and on the podcast, people see like my realist self and on Instagram, it's like all cute and stuff, you know, like, but this is the real stuff. So if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast yet and you're a listener, Stop what you're doing right now and do that because that helps me with the algorithm. So I love you guys. Until next time.